Okay, so funny story time. When I was in elementary school, a bunch of the girls decided to rate who was the most dateable out of all the girls in our grade. And, of course, we did this in elementary school and not middle or high school. Anyways, so uh, me as a scrawny little, like, 10-year-old who had messed up teeth and really long, kind of tangled hair was rated an 8 out of all of the other 10-year-olds. And a bunch of the popular girls were rated, like, sevens and sixes. And I was so proud of myself, and I still hold myself to the standard of 10-year-old me getting an eight Okay, wait. the other girls. That's okay, okay, wait, but, but, like, but, like, did they, what did they give themselves? I don't know. I wasn't friends with them. I heard this from my mom, who found out from another mom that this <laughs> Oh no, not the moms! Okay, but y'all moms were talking about and because it. her y'all because her mom found her mom was offended that her daughter got. Okay, <laughs> you know who else is a five? America singer, but we're not talking about the selection. <laughs> Instead, we're talking about Six of Crows. Welcome to Dear YA Authors, where four friends read and review books in the young adult genre, share our thoughts, and then rewrite them in an attempt to improve them. We're your hosts, Adriana, Priyanka, Aaron, and Skye. And today, we have an extremely special treat for you, something that only comes once a season. Today, we're discussing something we consider the perfect novel. This we're calling the unfixable fan feature, a bit where we feature novels that we believe as a group are practically perfect in every way. So without further ado... The book for this week is a parallel universe heist novel above all other YA novels, one that Aristotle himself has tested and read and replaced as a prototype to replace all vegan cookbooks, action-packed with every magic and evil known to man, romance and camaraderie. That's right. It's Leigh Bardugo's bestseller, Six of Crows. Whoa, the, the, the crowd is going wild. That's, that's <laughs> the unicorn sound effect. Yes. And if <laughs> Priyanka, I think her name's pronounced Lee. I've never known how you pronounce that name. It's Lee, oh, yeah, but whatever. I, I have been pronouncing it Leigh my entire Lee. life. Oh I thought God. it was Leigh. Oh, wait, it I would make sense. Cause, like, that makes sense. Vivian Lee. Okay, sorry. It's fine. Okay. Um, before we get into it, there's some backload. Before we get into it, there's some background info that you should know. Six of Crows is set in the same universe as the Grisha trilogy. The events of the Grisha trilogy happen a few years before Six of Crows. In this universe, people exist who have the power to manipulate matter at its most basic form. They're called Grisha. In a place called Ketterdam, a merchant named Councilman Hode tests a drug called Jutaparem on a Grisha, which, as Adriana said a couple seconds ago, they have magical abilities to alter matter. So the drug enhances the Grisha's powers, which makes her able to control minds, and she eventually escapes Hode's home but dies of an overdose a few days later because that drug is extremely addictive. So... A week after the incident at Councilman Hode's house, a man named Jean, Jan, 
I don't know. I'm not Scandinavian. Jan van Eck approaches um, street smart gang leader Kaz Brecker with a deal. He explains the effects of Jura Perum on Grisha and their debilitating withdrawal symptoms. He tells Kaz that the inventor of the drug, Bo Yul Bayur, is being held in the ice court, which is a military stronghold that has never been breached before. He offers him 30 million Krug, which Krug are the currency, to successfully bring Bo Yul Bayur back from the ice court, and Kaz accepts. First, he enlists the help of Inej Gaffa, um, a widely, widely known as the Wraith, who's a town. Talented, who's a talented spy who he saved from the, from a brothel called the Menagerie. Next, Kaz seeks out Nina Zenik, a heart render, which is a Grisha who can control people's bodies to kill them, who agrees uh, when she learns that Kaz also plans to free Matthias Helvar, who's a former Fjordan. Oh my god, Druskel? I'm sorry if I'm butchering your language if this is an actual word who is a Grisha hunter, who is currently ser- serving a sentence at the Hellgate prison for being a Grisha hunter. And so the reason that Matthias is actually detained in the prison is because Nina gave a false testimony to get him imprisoned, but since she arrived in Ketterdam, she's like, I feel bad. And so she's been trying to get him out, but they she hasn't been able to get him out. Um, anyways, so um, they end up saving him, and he agrees to tag along in exchange for a pardon that allows him to become a Druskel Grisha hunter again. So along with Inej and Nina and Matthias, Kaz also brings Jesper Faye, uh, who's a sharpshooter with a gambling problem, and Wyland, the runaway son of Councilman Vanek. So, one thing that I really love about this book is the group dynamic, because I feel like they're all so unique, but they work so well together. And they just have this wonderful banter all the time, and I just love them as a group. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing, the, this is like, honestly, my main complaint with the book is that it's too easy for them to break Mateus out of prison, but also they kind of needed to get to the main plot, so like, fine. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. I I think that I really like, I usually would hate how each of them would have like a partner in the group like romantically but i don't think it's unrealistic and each partnership makes so much sense that i don't hate it Mm -hmm. you know yeah i agree i have a lot of problems with romance as you all know bless you priyanka (laughs) um i have (laughs) i have a strong hatred of romances and i would if there was even i mean already one relationship is pushing it for me but to have again a group like that with all everyone's in a relationship i would be going bonkers but i really feel that each relationship is really thought out and my favorite part is how kaz and Inej aren't actually together they never have any actual romantic relationship during the entire book but there's so much tension and it's so well written that it really just like it really appeals to me definitely and i also really enjoy how diverse the entire group is Oh, oh, yeah, not just, definitely. like, ethnically, but also, like, sexu- sexuality-wise. And um, also, they are, re- they are really good with um, portraying disabilities in a good light. Different and portraying body them types not just something well. negative. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, in the book, they're more just, like, facts of life rather mm-hmm. than, like, negative things. Because I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of, like, plus-size media that puts plus-size people in a positive, quote-unquote, life, light, 
but they still have this idea that being plus-sized is a negative thing and it's something that you have to embrace, whereas here it's just like it's another body type and they're all beautiful, you know? There's not like one ideal one. I want to specify that you're talking about Nina. Oh yeah, Nina's plus-sized. Boss. I love her so much. Nina is a plus-sized babe. Oh, sorry. I turned I turned off my sound for a second and I was like <laughs> No, no. <it's> okay. <laughs> um Okay, so like I have I have individual thoughts on every character. I shall read my notes and make them PG. Um <laughs> Kaz, I think that he's really, there's like a good balance of psycho, a good balance of like psychological trauma, backstory. We love a man with a backstory, you know? And then also just like being a soft teenage boy. Like you, you, you constantly are reminded about the fact that he is, he is a teenage boy, you know? He's 17. Yeah, he's 17. Mm-hmm. And... And I really like how how intelligent he is. He just pulls a lot of power moves. And, and that's very epic to me. And nobody's that good. Like how how? Kaz, how? <laughs> um, I feel like Kaz is that good. And that's something Kaz we just have good. We just have to accept yeah. that overall. That's the thing, everyone in the book is that good. Every single character. I mean, I guess the main six. Everyone else kinda sucks. Um the main well, six kind of slabs too. I, I, oh I, really, I don't dislike anyone in the main six. Like, there's no one that I'm like, oh my god, you're so annoying. I have like my own special part of my heart for all of them. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Edge, like, thank God we finally get a character who is Indian. Like, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Took us long enough, but we got there, man. Um, yay. Thanks, madam, author, ma'am. We also like the idea. I also really like the idea of a super heavily moral person, someone who's, like, really extremely religious, that's pushed into immorality due to, like, circumstance. And that's really great moral work. Yeah. Also, because she's very, like you said, she's very religious and moral, but she's forced into working at a brothel, or brothel, I don't know how to pronounce it, and... Then she's, to get out of that situation, she has to become a spy and an assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like how her trauma was portrayed in this, like with um, with the brothel and stuff, because it's not, it's still part of her, but she also is learning to get past it. And I really like that it's not an automatic, like, Oh, I'm over this now that I left the situation. Like, no, she is still reminded of that every single time that she walks by the menagerie. Like, she can't look at it. But yeah, she's also growing. Yeah, she's also still, like, a functioning person, you know? Oh, Priyanka, just saying, if you were, like, an actor, I could totally see you playing Inej. Like, you give me Inej vibes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Cast me as Ned in the Six of Crows movies, guys. So are we gonna are we gonna make this movie? Hmm? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Netflix is already making it. Oh, so. is it really? Yeah, I think they are. I, I, think so. I know they're making a Grisha tr- a Grisha trilogy movie, but I don't know about Six of Crows. I think they're making a Six of Crows movie. I hate how Netflix does everything. <laughs> yeah. I have a soft spot for Jasper. 
He's just as, I really like yeah. him. He has the spinny guns. I what more could one want? Yeah. Just for kind of slaps. And also I really like how even though he's like the funny guy comic relief of the six, um he also has like death and flaws, like he's a gambling problem that resurfaces every once in a while. Good. Very awesome. Yeah. That becomes like important later in the next book. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked about Nina already, but can we... Oh, she's a boss. I she's this. so awesome. I, I, I want to point out the fact that she still lives a life of faux luxury, even though she's an outcast and doesn't have any money. And I think that's also really cool. <laughs> and um, we love Grishas. Grishas are an extremely awesome concept. There's one part in the story where a little girl asks a Grisha if she's doing magic after the Grisha heals her. And the Grisha said, yes, but it's the same type of magic your body does, just faster. Um, I think that's really interesting how she took the concept of, like, just taking natural concepts that already exist scientifically and enhancing them. Yeah, that's really Mm -hmm. cool. It's a mixture of science and magic, and that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. It's called Small Sciences. It isn't really discussed in this book. It's discussed in the former trilogy. Have any of you read it? No. 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 I have. Okay. Um, it's good. Uh, I really like it conceptually, but I didn't like the plot or the romance that much. The plot was decent, actually. The plot was pretty good, but the romance was eh. I've heard Six of Crows is her best book. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- but the Grisha trilogy, um, it really explores all the Grisha powers, and the best part is how they're separated because there's three orders, right? And within the orders, the distinctions... You're trained to be like that, but they really all start from the same thing. Like, the healers and the heart renders, you're doing the same thing, just in opposite directions. Anyways. And we should just uh, quickly go over Wylan and Grisha. We, we haven't done Matthias either. Oh, he's boring. Um, no one likes him. What? <laughs> I don't just said boring. they're all cool. Oh, my God. Okay, Except for him. Feels like I, wolf. I, I like him. I think he's my favorite character, bruh. He's my least favorite. Wylan is my oh, least favorite character. Wylan doesn't have as much depth as the others. Uh, is my problem, but oh, he's no, he cute. Yeah. He's neat. I like him. Yeah, that's why I don't um, like him. A- but I like Matthias. I think he has a lot of depth, and I I really used to hate him, but I think he makes a lot more sense now. Like looking back on it, six entire months later. <laughs> Wait, right. guys, can we like individually rank our top three characters with this? Nina is number one. Okay, actually, just kidding. It goes Inej. <laughs> It goes Inej, Nina, then uh, probably Matthias, not gonna lie. Ooh. Mine is probably Nina, Inej, and then Jesper. Mine's probably Nina, Kue, and then either Jesper or Wyland, but I can't decide. Why Wyland, though? <laughs> what? I don't think he's not much depth, but he's a cute character. He's, he's, like, he's, what does he do? Like, he's fun. He, he has, he, he's... He has like this really dry sense of humor that I like, but but he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he does. Oh yeah, only you know stuff. explodes a few things. He and does saves stuff. He's cool. Priyanka, rain in, rain in the wild and hate, please. Keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron. But what y'all, Kuwe though. He, I know. Okay, we haven't got to him. I'll talk, I'll, I'll gush about him later. Okay, so yours? Yeah, Adriana. What? Oh, what are uh, yours? Top three. Not to be basic, but probably Kaz. Um, 
<laughs> um, and then Inej, probably Nina actually. Kaz, Nina, and then Inej. Yes, it's really hard. I also kind of want to put Matthias and and. They're all just so good though. They're all really good. Except for Wyland. I would consider putting Wyland. I would consider liking Wyland if 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 he did a just a little bit he just a little bit more just a sprinkle more de- <laughs> depth. Okay. So, so moving on. Uh so as the whole group is about to sail from Ketterdam, the crew is ambushed by rival gangs. But they manage to get safely on the board of the ship, except for Inej, who is gravely wounded in the what? Skirmish. <laughs> That's a word. Okay. Kaz rescues her and learns that Pekka Rollins, who is the leader of the Dime who is the leader of the Dime Lines, which are another barrel gang, is after the scientist as well. And Kaz holds a deep grudge against Pekka for running a con on Kaz and his older brother, Jordy, when they are too young and new to the city to understand, and eventually leading to Jordy's death and setting Kaz on a dark path. So very much oof. <laughs> and um when they're on the ship, underneath his care, Inej recovers during the voyage, and she's kind of fine. So, on the ship, Kaz elaborates on the last details of their plan. Their plan intends for them to enter the ice court as prisoners, and then cross the embassy sectors through the roof, and then borrow some clothes, borrow in quotes, some clothes that will make them look like foreign dignitaries. After finding and freeing Yul Bayer, they will exit from the embassy sector and go home. So... I feel like the journey of this book is just a really good plot as well because they're thinking on their feet as well as like us, the readers, not knowing what's going to happen. So it's like a very twisty turny book, but it's not like a confusing twisty turny. It's just you don't know where where stuff is going, twisty turny. Yeah. Good, good, good. Next. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, I agree. I think the journey's cool. I like the idea of a heist. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's nice that the characters aren't doing it for, like, the greater good or saving the world or anything. They're all, like, selfish and the worst, and I love them for it. It reminds me of um, Atlantis Lost Empire, the Disney movie. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. Oh, I remember that movie. That's the one with the guy who, like, thinks he's a naked (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, um, in the movie, Milo goes up to all the people going on, like, the expedition and he's like so what are you in in this for like adventure learning and they're all like money (laughs) and this just gives me like this gang vibes anyways you know i realized why kaz and inej wouldn't work out it's because kaz is chaotic evil and inej is chaotic good thank you for coming to my ted talk i have no idea what that has to do with their compatibility our compa- I, I mean, I don't I know. Like I don't know how alignment just, works. Just, no, no, no. You Sky don't understand. Cube. I, I can elaborate. Actually, if they <laughs> okay. were, if she was, uh, is it like true, true? What, what's the, what's the best? Ah, I need to wait. Wait, you can explain. Actually, I don't. What? Um, lawful gonna, good, neutral good. And thank you, thank you, babe. Good. Thank you, babe. Yeah. My mind just went. For a second, baby girl. (laughs) Okay, um, so if Inej was lawful good and Kaz was chaotic evil, it would be okay because they're polar opposites, therefore compatible. But because they're both chaotic while still polar opposites on alignment, law like law wise, they're still 
uncompatible because they they have the same energy level and that would be no good but also just just their personalities are gonna have friction yeah just because they're both like who cares they're in love (laughs) let them live also is kaz really chaotic evil that was a tangent I don't I, think Kaz is chaotic. What is he then? I think he's like neutral evil then. I feel like he's neutral evil. Yeah, same. I don't think he's chaotic evil. I think he's too calculated. Please note that I know nothing about D&D alignments, so don't <laughs> don't quote me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is just me like talking out of nowhere. Uh, me as well. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've only done theater kid D&D and it's not like, never mind. Right. Moving on. <laughs> so, okay. upon reaching Fierda, which I think that's how you pronounce it, Fierda, mm-hmm. uh, two Grisha who are high on Jodhpurim um, attack the crew, and the crew emerge victorious, but Nina is shocked to discover that one of the old... Blah, blah, is shocked to discover that one of the Grisha that attacked her is an old friend who served with her in the second army in Ravka. So... Uh, the Grisha doesn't really recognize her and is, like, wanting more of the drug before he dies. And Nina's like, oh my god, what did I just witness? Uh, and so Nina stays behind to bury them, and then Matthias helps her, giving them time to finally talk about, like, their dramatic past with betrayal and Matthias going to jail and Nina trying to bail him out. Okay, so here's where we get the backstory between Nina and Matthias. So, Nina is a Grisha soldier of the Robkin 2nd Army who was captured by Matthias and his Grisha hunting party. And Alfred and Druskel, who are, again, are the Grisha hunters, are trained to hunt Grisha, who they think are, like, a natural monsters, like witches. And... Uh, along the other, along with the other captured Grisha, Nina was put on a ship beyond, beyond, what is my English? Was put on a ship bound for Fierda for a trial and eventual execution, and the ship ran into a storm, and only Matthias and Nina survived, and the boat crashed. And so Nina was able to free herself from the bonds because of a cup Matthias had given her earlier to drink water from, which had like a sharp edge thing. Anyway, so they go ashore, and they help each other survive until they find their way back, and they kind of fall in love along the way. But then when they reach a city, uh, Nina was recognized by Grisha's spies who questioned her about being with Matthias, who, like, they were like, yo, why are you with a Grisha hunter? And Nina led them to believe that she was on an undercover mission and would hand Matthias over to them the next day. Um, and she was trying to kind of buy time to leave with him, but then they were spotted again as Matthias tried to get them out of there, and so then uh, Nina approached a carriage trader and accused Matthias of being a slave trader, and so she got to carriage, which is where Ketterdam is, and she didn't know that Matthias would be thrown in Hellgate prison, which really sucks. And so instead of going back to Ravka, which she wanted to do, Nina stayed in Ketterdam trying to free Matthias, and Matthias kind of softens up after hearing the story and agrees to help Nina kill Bo Yul Bayer, which they aren't supposed to do, but they're like, yo, we want this guy dead. Um, because the Jodhpuram is a threat to both the Grisha and the Fjordans. I feel like we need to talk about whether Nina and Matthias is a healthy relationship or not. What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, but I don't think any of the relationships are healthy. Yeah, Spicy take here. Basically because everyone is like so was. messed up. Except for Jesper and Wylan, I think they're the least messed up. The least traumatized mm-hmm. um and they're about the same level too i so, think it was healthy before oh sorry so like 
Th- I think they're pretty healthy, um, but Matthias and Nina, like, everyone just go to therapy. <laughs> like, they, I don't think they're, they're, like, radioactive. Their personalities are radioactive, you know? They're volatile compounds. Um, mm-hmm. So they probably should not be in relationships, realistically. That's my take. I agree. I, I, I just, I, I like them individually. I like Nina more than I do Matthias, but that's another story. I just, I feel like their relationship, it started off so poorly and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I realized that it grew throughout the book and I do realize that it grew to be more healthy, but I don't think it ever grew to be truly healthy. It was always kind of toxic. Definitely. I just, Matthias in the beginning of the book, not in the beginning of, in the beginning of, Actually, yes, in the beginning of the relationship. Scratch that. In the beginning of everything, Matthias wanted to kill her. He stopped wanting to kill her. Okay, great. Now we're rescuing from Hellgate, and he wants to kill her again. That's that's not healthy, guys. Although, to be fair to him, um, I think it's equivalent to, uh, I mean, not killing Rebel, but it's like the homophobic bully falling in love with the person that they used to bully, you know? They're of the same gender, to clarify. It's, like, but the same vibe, like, healthy. people do change, and then you're, like, so... Plus, he's been, like, brainwashed, essentially, to, be, to think that everyone is terrible. All the creatures That's are true, terrible. but they never really fully get rid of that friction yeah, but between it's them. Also, no one gets rid of their trauma, and, like, no one... They all grow as people, but they don't... It's nowhere near enough to be them, like, to make them individually stable or to make them stable enough to be in a relationship you know mm-hmm. yeah i think that just kind of comes with the whole setup of them as yeah. characters i just i think that they need to heal way more before they pursue any kind of romantic relationship exactly um, yeah i don't know i agree with most of what was said but I think that, like, if we're not gonna like Nina and Matthias, then we can't like Inej and Kaz, and we can't like Jet. Well, no, Jesper and Wyland is fun. We can like them. But I feel like we we also can't like Inej and Kaz, you know? Well, like, yeah, all those yeah, things apply. I like, yeah, I, yeah, I, like I feel the written. same way about them. I just, yeah, I like how they were written. They were written really, really well. But I don't like them as a relationship just because. It, Wait, who are you talking about? Nina and Nina and uh, Matthias or Kaz and Inej, But this uh, uh, applies to both. Okay. They just wouldn't work together at the stage that they're at in their mental health. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yes. think it applies to both of them. Jasper and Wyland are just kind of Definitely. vibing. They're staying yeah, enough. Jasper and Wyland are just cute, you know. Yeah, they're that one cute, wholesome couple that that, that was obligatory. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think, though, that, like, I think the worst part about it is the fact that Matthias cha- didn't change his views from, like, I hate Grisha. It's just, like, I hate Grisha excluding Nina. Nina is, like, the exclude, the outlier, you know? Like, yeah. Grisha are yeah. bad, but Nina is different, you know? That's kind of what he changed We're- it to, and I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah, she should. It should have been more. Grisha aren't as bad as I thought. Not just Nina isn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, moving on to the plot, 
the crew intercept a cart of prisoners being taken to the ice court, and then they basically knock six of them out of the out of the uh, cart, and all six of them hop of the crew hop on and are put into the prison. And so Kaz passes out because of the car being too crowded, and it's revealed that as a child, he and his brother were conned by Pekka Rollins. And afterwards, a plague swept a pay. Afterwards, a plague swept through Ketterdam, killing many residents in the city, including Jordy, uh, which is the brother, by the way, if you forgot. So Kaz caught the plague, but he was able to recover. However, he was mistakenly thought for a dead body and tossed into the Reaper's Barge, which is where they toss the dead bodies. <laughs> and he was only able to survive by swimming ashore by using the dead body of, of her of his brother as a booby, which is really, really. Sad. Bro, did you say um, booby or booey? <laughs> she said booey. <laughs> I can restate that. Yes, please. I heard booby. <laughs> I was like, what is? She, what are you saying? <laughs> he did not do that. <laughs> I okay. Let's try this again. He was only able to escape. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. He's only able to. Oh, he was only able. He was only. <laughs> I can't English. Let's never let's never have him read the summary again. Just saying, he's only able to survive by swimming to shore using the dead body of his brother. <laughs> Going to read just that one sentence. It's fine. He was only able to survive yeah. by swimming to shore by using the dead body of his brother as a buoy. There, did it. Good job. The experience created a, an intense, lingering aversion to any sort of physical contact with human skin, and prompt, that's why he always wears those cool leather gloves. He's not like. Uh, he's not like Michael Jackson. He just doesn't like touching people. And so he wakes up as they enter the ice court, and they realize that the man Pekka Rowland sent ahead of them to get Bolyal Bayer, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, has been captured, and their bodies are mounted on spikes above the courtyard, which isn't good. So the crew are split up. Males and females are taking different cells, and so after knocking out the other prisoners using a chlorogas bomb, Jesper uses his nearly revealed fabricator abilities, which fabricators are able to, like, bend stuff to make it into different things. Those are Grisha. So Jesper is now revealed to be a Grisha. And he makes a lockpick out of the iron bars from the cell. And Kaz unlocks the door using the lockpick and proceeds to free Nina and Inesh from the female section while Matthias and Jesper gather as much rope as they can find from the stables. Kaz, however, is still kind of obsessed with Pekka Roland, so he deviates from the plan and goes with Nina to search for the, for the other holding cells for Yol Bayer, but... Uh, well, according to the plan, she was supposed to go for Matthias, so they split up, Kaz pursuing his own agenda and finding Pekka Rollins uh, in a cell. In the meantime, Nina is spotted by guards who manage to raise the alarm before she can kill them, and so, show, and so she, uh, but, and so they are kind of in trouble because they raise, like, a code red sort of thing. And anyways, Nina makes it to the basement where the rest of the crew is gathered, and by then Inej has miraculously scaled a six-story incinerator shaft to the roof, securing an escape route for the rest of the crew. Kaz arrives last, and they all manage to get to the roof. And Kaz kind of beats up Pekka, or kills him. I'm not sure. It's not he does not kill Pekka. He beats him up, tortures him. Oh, right, because at the end, I'm smart. <laughs> You're good. He, okay, where he beats him up. I don't know if that applies to what I was saying earlier, but whatever. So, thoughts. 
Okay, we can take this out, but it's totally valid that Kaz wears gloves because I can relate to that on a low level. Just touching people is nasty, y'all. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, I can't, but okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was an epic story. I, like, was, like, listening to you, and I was like, what a great story this story Story is. (laughs) Uh, My favorite part of this this section is... uh, Kaz's lockpick, because they're frisked, and they have to shower, like, naked when they get into the thing, um, Mm -hmm. into the prison, right? So we find out that Kaz has been throwing up and, like, re-swallowing the lockpicks every hour to keep them from being digested. That is so metal. (laughs) Like, that's so hardcore. Kaz did not have to go this hard, but... He did. He he really wanted that money, bro. He was like, I'm going to commit to this role. I need this moolah. Okay. This is so hardcore. I love that for him. Yes. Can we just talk about how Inej scaled a burning incinerator? Well, almost burning incinerator. Yeah, she almost died. Without dying. I mean, she almost died, but like without completely dying. I know. Inej is also so hardcore. I love that. Yeah. They're just like absolutely the best i i really really like how she like i love the description in that part where she's scaling the incinerator like she's climbing it and like the the soles of her of her shoes are like melting into the soles of her feet Mm -hmm. that was so scary and so good that that like made me chills yeah that's it okay Okay, so, plot. Uh, so, with the alarm triggered, their first plan is kind of blown to bits, and the crew come up with a new plan to get to the center of the ice court where the scientists should be. Inej and Nina get in by taking the place of two menagerie girls. Remember, the menagerie is the brothel. However, only Nina gets to the guard- guards. However, only Nina gets to the guards, and Inej is held back. Matthias and Kaz get through a sacred bridge only known to the Druskel. And Jesper and Wyland move on to destroy the ring wall gate and trigger the ice court's black protocol alarm, which is part of their new plan. So, while trying to find information, Nina sees Brum, who is a Grisha hunter who kidnapped her along with Matthias. And Nina takes a risk and allows Brum to show her around the prison cells that were originally... How hard is it to say to, to, to detain? Were originally constructed to detain Grisha. Brum, however... Knows who she really is and locks her in a cell. Matthias, who appears to have betrayed her, shows up and decides to free Nina, and they start looking for Bo Yolbayer, but they find that the scientist is dead and his son, Kuei Yolbo, is alive. Woo! Yay! And so Matthias and Nina refuse to kill him because he's like a kid, he's only 15. And Agrisha, uh, uh, specifically an Inferne, Inferni, Inferni, don't know how to pronounce it which are gracious who can control fire, and they have cool abilities. So they blow up the lab and leave Kuwait, and they meet up with Kat. Sorry, they leave with Kuwait. They don't leave him <laughs> in the blown-up lab. Um, and then they meet with Kaz, and they all escape. Kuwait! I love him! You I really like that they're like, this book, he's only but... a child, he's 15, and they're all like 18 max. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay, but you 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 hardly see Kuei in this book, but you see so much of him in the second of him in the second book, and he's just the best. I love him. I need to read the second book. Ah, uh, it's so good. You see so much Kuei, so much Kuei content. It's great. <laughs> he okay? Nope, that's a spoiler. 
I can't say How that. How do you guys feel about Matthias's kind of redemption with saving Nina? I think it's a good start, but I also think that was his plan the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, if it wasn't, it, wouldn't it be less of a redemption if... I mean, then yeah, it would be true. A redemption. It would just be like... Oh yeah, he came to sense. It, the re- redemption is that he—it was his plan. That was the plan. Yeah, it, yeah. The redemption is that he—he he wasn't like lured back in by his old commander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kuwait. Also, can we just talk about how Nina is such an amazing like actress and like kind of seductress with getting information out of people? Like, that's a really cool character trait to have. Moving on with the plot. Uh, so, Jesper and Wyler succeed in destroying the gate and triggering the alarm, but are unfortunately attacked by, uh, Tidemaker Grisha, which can control water. Jesper, once again, uses his fabricator powers and ends up killing the Tidemakers, and they, they, like, are able to get out. Uh, meanwhile, Inej is spotted by the leader of the menagerie, her old employer, Helene Van Houten, uh, who informs the guards of Inez's true identity. The guards ma- march... What am I even saying? <laughs> the guards march Inez back to prison through a glass corridor. Jasper and Wyland rescue her, and through th- and using the diamond that Inez stole from Tante Helene, they cut the glass and hijack a Fjordan tank. Inez, Jasper, and Wyland use the tank to ram through the walls and escape, eventually rejoining the others who survived the icy waters of the wellspring and emerge outside the ice court. And they head towards the dock where they are supposed to rendezvous with the ship, but to their horror, they find a large Fjordan party waiting for them and a heart render at the fore. And remember, heart renders are the ones that can kill people. So, without any other choice, Nina takes Jodaparam, which, remember, is very dangerous and has very bad withdrawal symptoms that kill all of all of the Grisha. And it's also and really but, unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And using her... What's the... Heart like, render? Never mind. Well, yeah, but, like, using her bettered heart render powers, Nina kills all enhanced, of them and is... Enhanced heart render. Enhanced? That's, and, that's um, the word. Can cocaine be a verb? Cocaine? Cocaine. <laughs> cracked up. <laughs> her... Yeah, actually, cracked up is a good way, because it is... Like, on steroids, but also just bonkers. Mm-hmm. So, using her, as Adriana <laughs> said, cracked up powers, she kills all of them, and it's cool. So, Jarl Brum and a team of Druskel make an appearance, but before she can kill them, Matthias intervenes and begs her to let them live, and Nina's like, okay, fine. So, the crew safely reaches Ketterdam, with Nina already suffering from withdrawal, and they leave her behind with Wylin, while the rest of the crew take Kuwait to Jan Van Eck. Van Eck, however, reveals that he only wanted the formula for Judaparam in order to profit from the fallout of its release to the world. He sinks the ship despite Kaz's warning that Wylin is on board, and it's, as it turns out, Van Eck deems his son unfit to inherit the business empire as Wylin is unable to read or write. Kaz, however, still has the upper hand, revealing that the boy Van Eck thinks is Kuwait Yulbu is actually Wylin whom Nina had tailored to look exactly like the scientist's son. Furious, Vanek Furious, Vanek kidnaps Inej with the help of Grisha oh, with the help of Grisha under the influence of Jodor Perim and gives him seven days to bring back the real Kuwait. And willing to endanger Inej, Kaz lets the merchant go. 
In the final scene, Kaz and his remaining crew go to Pekka Rollins. It's revealed that Kaz has set him free back at the ice court, and the man had somehow found his way back to Ketterdam. Kaz sh- sells his shares in the Crow Club in the Fifth Harbor, in sells his shares in the Crow Club in the Fifth Harbor in order to raise money he needs. Then he starts to hatch a new plan to get Inej and the money that they were promised back. And that's it. That's that's the end. Oh, thank Woo. gosh! It's a freaking cliffhanger, but I love it. That was really, really good. Y'all gotta read the second book. It's so good. Actually, a yeah, weird fun fact is that um, even though it leaves off on such a cliffhanger, the book was so satisfying that I didn't immediately feel an urge to read the next book because of the cliffhanger. Like, I felt an urge to read the next book because it was so good, but I didn't... Like, I could have dropped off at the cliffhanger and still been really satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Okay, okay. Enough of us for today. Thank you for listening to Dear YA Authors. Next week, you'll be able to hear our excellent fanfics. Stay tuned for that, but until then, there's a ton you can do to keep in contact with us. You can keep up with our socials and find us pretty much anywhere at Dear YA Authors. Or you could email us at dearyaauthors at gmail.com. Pretty straightforward, so... Uh, you can go ahead and give us book recommendations on our socials or our email. If you want to continue to support this journey through the literacy world, you can follow this podcast on whatever you're listening on. And of course, please, please, please rate us on iTunes. Even if you have something bad to say, it's always good to rate because it genuinely helps other people find us and gives us good critical feedback. And don't forget to stay tuned for our fanfics. We promise it'll be hilarious. This podcast was created with the help of a lot of amazing people, so thank you. Credit is given where credit is due. Love you and see you in a week.